0: Welcome to another Mother Runner podcast. This is your host, Sarah Bowen Shea, and today I'm joined in studio by Ellison Wiest. Hey, Ellison. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. It's always fun to have you in the studio. So Ellison is one of our four new co-hosts joining the show on a rotating basis. If you're a regular listener, you might find Ellison's southern lilt and name familiar as she's co-hosted our last two summer reading podcasts. Which leads us to the recurring topic that you, Ellison, will always talk about at the start of each show. So people can like clue into, oh yeah, I remember who she is. So it's going to be books. And Ellison, why don't you tell us why you're known in some circles as the book bully. And tell us what books, great or otherwise, that you've been reading lately.
1: About 10 years ago when my darling daughter, actually I was born like 15, was a teenager. We were in a bookstore. And I saw a woman perusing, looking at a couple of books, and I stopped her and said, if you like that book, you'll probably like this title. (laughs) And my daughter, who was about 16 at the time, was horribly embarrassed and pulled me to the side and said, Mom, you were such a book bully. (laughs) (laughs) I did not
0: know that. That's
1: how I got it, and it stuck. Um, And I think this month in, in January, what amazed me is for the first time, the two books that I was just thunderstruck by are also the leading books on the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, yeah,
0: because usually sometimes you go, you know, off-piste and, you know, choose your own favorites instead of following the crowd.
1: Exactly. Well, this time, uh, you know, New York Times and I are in sync, and their fiction uh, top one is the new one by elizabeth strout and it's called my name is lucy barton
0: oh right and remind me the other books that she has written amy
1: and isabel and then uh, she's most well known lately for olive kittredge right 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 which was a pulitzer winner um my name is lucy barton is a very quiet book uh for those who liked evening by susan minot um they will they will enjoy that um It's just, I think, a stunning uh, work of hers, but it is what I would call a quiet novel. Mm. On the nonfiction list, we've got When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithias, and I Mm -hmm. hope I'm not butchering his last name. My concern about this book is so many people have been hesitant about reading it because it it does concern, as as you know, um, a young, brilliant surgeon, neurosurgeon who was cut down in his... Prime in his
0: mid-30s, and he was a new father. Exactly.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But this book, for one thing, the writing is exquisite, and it's really a hopeful book. I was amazed by how uh, energized I felt during Mm -hmm. uh, the reading of it. Now, the ending, obviously, is... Yeah, there's no spoilers there. We know how it ends, because his wife finished writing the book. She did. She did. And... um, I just think it's a, a book that really needs to be read. And I really want to emphasize to people, don't go into it thinking it's going to be a downer because mm-hmm. it's, it's really hopeful. Um, off the board a little bit, I'd say uh, for those who liked like to I Capture the Castle and who also like kind of quirky British fiction, mm-hmm. um, look up Crooked Heart by Lissa, L-I-S-S-A Evans. Hmm. Um, very... I don't. I just like the the British humor, the fiction. Um, it takes place. You'll like this, Sarah. It takes place during the Blitz in World War II. Oh,
0: huh. You uh, you remember that? Uh, I I have I love you. That's about right. Them. I had you
1: at the Blitz. Um, <laughs> and uh, she is someone who apparently has uh, been published over in in Britain, but this I believe is her first book to be published stateside. Oh. Um, Ones that I've been disappointed with, unfortunately, The Expatriates by Janice Y.K. Lee, who I think is a fine writer, but I did not care for this, her sophomore outing. And um, this is probably going to get me some negative feedback, but I also did not care for The Swans of Fifth Avenue, which is the new one by Melanie Benjamin.
0: But that one has been getting kind of mixed reviews, hasn't it?
1: I think so, mm-hmm. um, but I do know that Melanie Benjamin has a has a lot of... Uh, very, Royal followings, yes. Well, let's yeah. hope
0: they're listening to the Another Mother Runner podcast.
1: That's exactly right, and getting ready to head out on a run
0: <laughs> or getting ready to tweet about their ire at you, and then people will find our podcast.
1: Great, something to look forward to.
0: <laughs> so, okay, Allison, and refresh folks' minds about your family and your running. You've already mentioned your daughter.
1: Yes, I have a wonderful daughter, and uh, her husband, Nick, have uh, given me two amazing grandchildren. I have a three-year-old granddaughter and a grandson who's about to turn nine months old, and I've been running for gulp uh, close to four decades, (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like I'm entering a new chapter in my running because I'm having to really embrace uh, the changes that age has brought.
0: Yeah, it's I, I I want us to t- to come back to that theme several times while you're hosting, so we won't dive into it too much today. But so t- tell us where you are right now. What what chapter are you on?
1: My chapter is okay. Embrace the slow run. Uh, embrace the fact that you're out there doing it, and do not go back and. Uh, remember my times and, Mm. you know, remember all my BQs and don't focus on that. Focus on the fact that after four decades, I'm still able to go out and run. Um, And I'm also trying to get into heart rate training, which is something I've never attempted before.
0: Oh, and how's that going?
1: Uh, so far so good, but it's oh. humbling with a capital H. Uh, you have to check your ego at the door and uh, probably bury it under, you know, several mounds of furniture.
0: Put a whole bunch of heavy books on top <laughs> yeah, of it. <that>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what Dimity is finding to be the case that just have to, you know, particularly if someone like Dim who's on Strava to be, then have people be like, okay, people are going to be seeing this exactly. and I don't need to qualify it. You know, that, that I, you know, own your runs and, and be proud. I mean. I certainly hear you on the just being glad to be out there after my injury. Oh, gosh, yes. So, um, you know, there's something to be said for that. But I should remind people that every marathon you ran, you qualified for Boston. That's correct. So you, um, you're you a tiny person, and um, but you also, uh, you know, obviously have a gift for running, and you have a lot of grit. So... Great. Who are you talking about again? (laughs) And you were also, you trained with uh, a gifted runner as well. Yes. uh, Monica, who now lives in Sweden. Yes. And Italy. Yes. Life's rough for Monica. Yes, it
1: is. It's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) She's the one that told me I was 48 when I ran my first marathon, essentially because she told me I was going to do it. (laughs) It was not my choice.
0: (laughs) Not sure whether that's a good friend or a bad friend. (laughs) A friend of me.
1: She's a wonderful
0: person. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, good. So, all right. So, well, this is the first of two extra special podcasts we're doing to build excitement and anticipation for the Olympic marathon trials, which take place in Los Angeles on Saturday, February 13. On each of the podcasts, we'll talk with three mother runners who qualified for the Olympic marathon trials and will be running them. They are quote unquote regular moms who have a gift for running and the grit to make their dreams a reality. We want to thank the women's running apparel company, Wazelle, for helping us connect with these amazing women. All of them are part of Wazelle's Haute Volley team. So, but before we bring on our first speedy mother runner, let's hear from our podcast sponsor. All right. First up is Becky Spellman, a mother of twin toddlers who is a three-time Olympic trials qualifier. Hey, Becky. Welcome.
2: Hi, Allison. Thank you.
0: Okay. So have to ask right away from one mother of multiples to another twins. I mean, how do you handle toddler twins in training?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a pretty big learning curve. You don't have a lot of uh, wiggle room like I used to have. Um, I mean, the kids are, the kids are like any kids, even, you know, any singleton, mother would tell you the same thing they're just very challenging uh they are exhausting so it's a whole new level of um figuring things out and it, it definitely took a lot of time to figure out and to really get into a good routine that worked well for me um but i think the biggest challenge it with uh or biggest change with the twins is when i'm out doing a workout i know i'm still gonna have to be on my a game when i get home which is not mm-hmm. how it used to have to be so God. um I mean, yeah, I'm definitely a little more tired and my workload, um, in terms of mileage is lessened, um, due to the fact that I just run into injury risk, um, with, with the twins being a full-time job as well.
0: So, yeah, so no, the days of coming back from a a long, hard run and, taking a nap say for two or three hours those days are gone
2: yeah by and large I mean my husband um, is wonderful and a lot of the time on some of my really long um, workouts I can do those on the weekends and he will allow me to go and take a nap while the kids while he watches the kids he's fantastic with them so that's super helpful too
1: Well, you mentioned exhausting, and I keyed right over to how did you manage to come back after the birth of the twins? What was that like?
2: Um, It had some ups and downs. I was back, I had a C-section and was back running uh, about 18 days, I think it it was around that, just before 20 days uh, after having the kids. um, And I I had a very, very asymptomatic C-section, no you know um infections no setbacks nothing like that
0: and so, was it was it planned the c section
2: yeah my daughter my daughter was running out of amniotic flu, fluid so um we we had to get them out of there so it was planned it was not an emergency so i never went into labor which i do think helped um my recovery process my body didn't have to go through some of the trauma that many women do
1: mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So then, so then how did you amp up from there and how much were you able to, I think I read online, um, maybe it's Sarah Robinson's blog that you stopped running at what point and switched to the elliptical?
2: At 12 weeks, uh, the doctors told me, you know, we really, with the risk that we, we see with this, we really advise you not to run any longer. So, um, I ellipticaled, uh, pretty much every day until I was fairly uncomfortable. And then I would go outside just to like walk instead
0: Mhm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then what was the amp up like after the after when you started running it around 20 days postpartum? Yeah,
2: I mean, I ran 2 miles at 10 minute pace or something. It wasn't anything super duper exciting. I mean, it was for me because I missed running so much. But um you know, and then I just I slowly um got back up in mileage to about 30 to 40 miles a week over the course of maybe 4 4 weeks and started implementing um on on the fifth week I went back to the track and did my first actual workout uh and I got up to around 50 miles a week and that was about as much as I could handle at the time um and that probably I maintained oh that would have been it would have probably been about for three or four months i was I was really at that forty miles a week um standstill without feeling like I was overdoing something um, mm. but I, I i definitely increased quicker than I would advise someone to, and quicker than I should have I did end up injured um, mm. in November with a back injury due to a uh, lack of core
0: stabilization
2: so mm. um, i I Messed things up, choosing to come back so quickly. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And so they were born in the summer of 2014. Yes. And so then in November, you had the back injury. And That's then right. in October of the following year is when you qualified. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So and how has your relationship to running changed since becoming a mother? And, and how is your training different? I think you used to have quite high uh, weekly mileage. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, my relationship to running at first it was very, very guilt, uh, guilt inducing to, to leave the kids and, and my husband with two kids to go run or even, even, even a, even a sitter, a paid sitter, it still caused a lot of anxiety. Um, and I, and I realized this is something I, I did want to do. I really wanted to be able to train and, and slowly but surely the feelings of guilt, um, Uh, I don't think they've gone away, but have subsided um, in strength. They're definitely not, I'm not, I don't feel as guilty leaving now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that it does me a lot of good mentally to get away. So, I mean, when I'm, when I'm training, I'll often think to myself, if I know I'm going to be out doing a workout, I want to give it my all because I'm taking time away from my family. But I would, if I'm not going to be willing to give a hundred percent, it's not really worth it to, not, to be out there, to be away from something else I love doing, which is spending time with the kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Becky Ellison again, and on the Wazell site, I loved uh, one of your answers about the training philosophy. Yeah. You said, run hard on hard days and easy on easy days. It is okay to be tired. It is not okay to be lazy. As somebody who struggles with easy days, can you expand on that a little
2: yeah, I think something I learned since college. In college, we would hammer each other into the ground every day, and and I had a lot of injury issues. And I think that it's really important to have large contrast between your hard days and your easy days. Um, for someone like myself, you know, a hard day can be five minute pace, five thirty pace. But easy days, if they're eight thirty pace, they're eight thirty pace. The world isn't doesn't hinge on those days. It's getting time spent on your legs. A lot of people um, that I meet. And, and have the opportunity to run with, we have be like, oh, I can't run with you. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Running easy should be running easy. And that really, the relativity of all of it kind of brings a lot of people together. Um, you know, it, you don't have to be working hard. You don't need your muscles to be firing in a way that's... Um, uh, going to elicit lactic acid, you really want things to be, to be, um, as comfortable and as calm as possible. Most of the, most of those days, not saying that some days aren't run faster, but, um, I think it's really important to allow your body to recover enough to absorb the hard efforts and running slowly really allows your body to do that.
0: So talk to us about how your, um, training has been different. Um, yes. Um, please,
2: Yeah. Prior to the kids, I would run about 120 miles a week in marathon training and, um, and twice every day except long run days, uh, which were usually 24 to 26 mile long run days, um,
0: once a week, and since oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I, I just ate breakfast, and <laughs> honestly, it made me kind of nauseated to oh, hear so- that. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, all yeah. So yeah.
2: right. and maybe even <laughs> it sure too was. much. Yeah. Maybe it was even too much. Um, but since having the kids, I, 90 miles a week is about what I can handle in marathon training. And when I'm not in marathon training, I mean, I'm even looking at 75. Um. And and my long runs, I did do a 23 miler in this build up, uh, but that that's the longest run I've done um, in practice since having the kids. And even um, even gosh, over 20, I've probably done four four long runs in total um, mm-hmm. since having the kids. So wow. we really scaled things back um, to stay injury free and and also, I mean, the time commitment does take away from the kids and the time that I do have, um, from sitters or family members or whatever it may be, uh, does run into that. But at the, but at the same time, I really think it keeps me, um, injury free more than anything.
0: So then the, the quality one might say of your workouts have tr- changed. Like I would think you're having more intensity in those shorter workouts or, yes.
2: um, on, on, Generally, Tuesday or Wednesday is my track day, and those days I'm definitely running a lot faster than I used to. I mean, I would be hard-pressed to be much more than 10 seconds under marathon pace for intervals of a mile distance, where now, you know, mile repeats, for example, I'm running closer to 30 thirty five seconds a mile or yeah per mile faster than marathon pace um on those days. So I'm really putting some quality into the sessions as well as my long runs are generally run um, you know, twenty or thirty seconds slower than marathon pace. Uh where in the past I would do them at seven forty five, eight minute pace. So two you know two minutes slower than than marathon pace.
0: R- remind people um just as a quick aside remind people what your marathon pace is because ellison and i looked that up beforehand we were like yeah what does like a 240 something come out yeah. to
2: well my pair is 16, and or two forty seventeen. sorry Anyway, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we, were gonna, we, were gonna,
1: we were going to we were going to we were going to ding <laughs> you for that last second.
2: And uh sorry about that. And uh and uh that pace is um 6:06 six six pace per mile.
0: Oh, okay. All right, there comes the yogurt and the granola again. Okay. My it's <laughs> But
1: actually the trials in Los Angeles uh, won't be your first rodeo. So you ran the trials in 2008 and 2012. Yes. Um, how do you feel this year will be different and what is your goal for the trials? Yeah,
2: I would like to finally break 240. Those 17 seconds have been lingering over my head since 2009. So it would be nice um, (laughs) to finally get them off my PR. But um, I I have actually run into a little bit of a glute issue about five days ago. And so we're working really hard to try and get that under wraps. I just don't want it to to bother me or hinder me um, I'm not in the sort of pain where I can't run but I also don't want to end up in that sort of pain on the start line so this taper has been a little steeper than I would have liked but uh, working pretty hard to get there and I mean my number my number one goal is to compete well in the past I kind of held on um, going into 20, 2008 and 2012 um, both races, I had just run myself into the ground and I don't want to be in that situation going in. And I think we've done a really good job of, um, keeping me fresh enough that I feel ready to go and excited to race. Mm
0: -hmm. And when you say uh, that you just kind of held on, you mean that you just kind of really had to gut out the last part of it or?
2: Yeah. I mean, um, probably the last month go well, going into two thousand eight, I qualified two months out in my first marathon. Yeah. So wow. I really um was very naive. I was twenty four, um, and I just hammered. I did everything and everything imaginable wrong. Um you know, tried to somehow magically become fit, like I hadn't just run two forty three. Um, I yeah, really made a lot of mistakes and ended up with um, an ankle issue. And then in 2012, um, I had raced a marathon in September and had some hamstring issues following and felt the pressure to um, to be where I wanted to be at the trials. And so just hammered through those injuries, uh, not really taking care of myself as well as I should have and um, and struggled during the race because of that so I, it was both like about a month out. I kind of knew both times, like, shoot, this probably isn't going to go well. And I, I wasn't very excited about the race. And that's definitely not the case this time.
0: <laughs> so it's almost as if being a mom has has helped you in a way because you've had to back off and, and really take a more, um, one might say thoughtful approach to it. Yeah, def-
2: you- Yeah, absolutely. I would say that a 100 times over, I think, um, my having the kids allows me to honestly think about where my body is am i going to be able to handle even just the demands of today following this workout allow me to to not overdo things and go to the well every time i have a hard effort in practice i'm much more likely to push things to an appropriate limit
0: mm-hmm. awesome yeah. awesome well well we wish you great success in shaving off those 17 seconds and more Becky. Becky. Yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah thanks a ton for joining us
2: thank you very much sarah and allison
0: all right good luck Thank you. Next, we're going to be talking with Shallon Fullove, who qualified, has run two qualifying times to get to these trials. Her most recent time was the California International Marathon. Just in December, a time of 2.41.57, Shallon lives in Palo Alto with her husband and daughter. Welcome, Shallon. So you have a two-year-old daughter. How do you balance being a mom and training, and do you still work at Google?
3: Well, thank you for having me. I do still work at Google. I am uh, approaching 14 years at the Goog.
0: I guess (laughs) it's technically
3: Alphabet now. I was about to say
0: congratulations, Uh, Alphabet, on being now the world's largest company. (laughs)
3: Yeah, that was Woohoo. a big week this week, a big announcement. Uh, I have a four-year-old daughter, so I guess... Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, um, they they do that. They get bigger and grow and without uh, really... It no, um, kind of surprises you. She's almost five, actually. She'll be five in April. I can't believe it.
0: Wow. <laughs> so, all right. But but so you're still... You, she still needs some mothering. Uh, and yes, um, yeah. So how do you balance the, the work, the training, the being a mom, being a, being a spouse, the whole thing?
3: It's definitely a team effort. It's certainly not just me. Um, my husband is very involved and very supportive. So without him, this would not really be happening. But um, yeah, we work together. We, we work really close to the schedule. Um, I actually, we have an au pair also to help out during the week. And at least it's at school, so um, I don't know. We all just kind of work it out, and it's kind of a game of Jenga with a schedule most days. <laughs> um, but no, I, it's not, everyone's really supportive. Work's very supportive. Um, they always have been my my training, uh, even back in 08 when I qualified for the trials then. And yeah, I just got to have a squad, you know.
0: And so, so, but in terms of time, I mean, where do you, do you work full-time and, and, you know, then where do you fit the runs and the workouts in?
3: Uh, so sometimes I work out in the afternoons at work, but mostly it's the bookends of the day. I do work full-time. Google has a lot of resources. We have, we have massage therapists, we have chiropractors, we have PT, um, we have a trail system. So it's, um, we have great gyms. Somehow I just you know, I have a lot of autonomy on my schedule as well, so I can move meetings around if I need to. So no one day looks exactly the same, but um, somehow it all works out.
1: Your daughter was born before your Olympic trials qualifying marathon. So how do you feel that becoming a mother changed you as a runner?
3: Yeah. So in 2008, I qualified and I wasn't a mom yet. So it's been a nice comparison going into this one and there's certainly more logistical things to manage and your own, you know, energy bandwidth. But um, more than anything, it's been really positive to have her see me dedicate myself to a goal. I don't know how much she will, how much she'll really get it at the at the trials next Saturday. But I really want her to be there to experience it. Um, when I was about her age, it was you know the '84 Olympics in Los Angeles where I was living and. Even though I don't remember a lot of the details. Like it did make an impact on me. So I'm hoping that her seeing me work really hard um, and see so many other strong women will influence her in a positive way.
0: That's awesome. Were you at the '84 Olympics? I was. Well,
3: uh, I was not at the '84 Olympics. My mom. I
0: mean, spectating, obviously.
3: <laughs> right. No, I wasn't. But um, my mom actually was. My mom uh, was a retired police lieutenant and she actually worked that morning, um, during the marathon and everything. So, um, but now I remember watching it on TV. I remember everything about Mary Slaney and, and Joni. So, um, it w- it was impactful for me, even though I was quite young.
0: That's so exciting. Wow. So, so and now, I mean, so how do you think about that? Like now when you think about, you know, them and that you could, you could all be a part of that. I mean, um, how do you think maybe that ex- that experience propelled you to where you are today?
3: I mean, it was it was so influential. I mean, at, in '94, I had just started running. I was running on an age group um, track team um, in Los Angeles, and I mean, that's where it all started for me. So, being able to go back and run the trials in Los Angeles it's a it's a homecoming for me. My family's going to be there. Um, you know. The, you know it's where Joni ran the the first women's marathon in 08. I actually ran a bunch of the race um with her. She was like trying she was kicking me down like the last you know home stretch uh, down Boylston 08 and um it was really funny because I could see her on the big screen and everybody was cheering for her and I was just like running for my life trying to like not get caught. But um so yeah this is a really going be a great celebration. I've been running since I was about Elisa's age. I was, I started running when I was five years old. Um, and for all this to come back to LA in 2016, it's, it's really exciting.
1: That's exciting for me to hear because I was, uh, watching in 08, um, standing on Boylston street and I can remember how my heart went up when Joni went by. So were you actually running with her at one point?
3: Um, I was a little bit ahead of her just a, you know, along the way, but close enough that when they, they could see her coming, so the crowds would get really excited, and um, definitely that last 200 meters, I mean, everybody was screaming, and um, she she broke a record that day, and, right. um, man, she just kept coming the whole time. Like, I just, she was just always there, closing, and um, it was really fun. I had these cool pictures of um, the video camp, the big video screen on, that, on the street, um, so, I think I had to run, like, a 38-second last 200 meters just to kind of, like, not <laughs> get caught by Joni.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> what
0: what a memory. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So when you envision towing the starting line at the Olympic trials, what do you see, and, and how do you envision the race playing out for you?
3: So it hasn't, it's been a pretty quick turnaround, and the last couple of weeks I've had a little uh, foot injury creep up. So it's been a little bit unconventional, and we've had to recalibrate our goals a little bit um so right now i'm thinking like i need to get to the starting line healthy i really want to finish the race um and i want to enjoy it um but i remember from 08 it was just a celebration i mean it's just you know all these women in one place these people that you see in various races but never once and one big group um so it really feels like a big party in some ways. Um, hopefully I'm smiling big the whole way, like I was in 'oh eight.
1: Um, on the Wazell site, uh, you say something about, uh, it, it's very much in line with one of the tenets of the uh, Another Mother Runner tribe. And you said the physical intensity, mental toughness, and teamwork of running makes me a better friend, wife, and mom. Can you elaborate on that?
3: I think that those, those characteristics, you know, transfer to every part of your life. And, you know, you read articles about, you know, in business, the next person, your next employee that you want to hire is an athlete, right? Because they know how to work well on a team. They know how to communicate. They know how to like put in the work and dig down. And I think, you know, so in the, in the business workplace, um, it definitely pays off. Um, I think in terms of just dedication and being able to build strong relationships and and not just when it's going easy, right? Being an athlete makes you kind of stick through that. Like, you know, it's not easy raising a young child or having a a little baby and continuing to work and continuing to train. But I think some of those tenets that you have learned and been doing for so long as an athlete – Um, just kind of kick in naturally organically without you thinking about it and all those other places in your life
0: nice well we will be cheering for you and and um thinking fondly about you returning to los angeles on february 13th. so thanks for joining us shallon good luck shallon
3: thank you thank you for having me
0: And our final mother runner of this podcast is Cynthia Fowler, who qualified in December at the California International Marathon in a PR time of 2.41.32. Cynthia lives in Farmington, Utah, which is uh, about 20 miles north of Salt Lake City. She is the mother of three young boys, and she also ran in the 2008 Olympic Trials. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for joining us. Hi,
1: Cynthia, um, it's Ellison here. How's training going for you? Um, man, all you gals who ran uh, the California International Marathon in December, you don't have a ton of time between marathons.
4: We haven't had a lot of time before marathons, but training is going really well. It's been tricky to train because you want to be fully recovered, but you still need to keep up, keep up your fitness level. So it's been, I feel like you, you have to really listen to your body and you really have to recover on your recovery days.
0: So then how much time did you take off and how have you been amping up your training?
4: So I took off, my plan initially was to take two weeks off running, but I couldn't handle it. I was going crazy. So after (laughs) like four or five days, I started running again. I just did distance runs. I didn't do any intervaling for about two weeks. And then I jumped back into intervaling two to three times a week. And I felt really good.
0: So. Wow! Wow! And you had to juggle the holidays in there. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. Talk about crazy.
4: Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, but it's been it's been good.
0: And you said the weather has—it's uh, been cold and a lot of snow and ice there in Utah. I mean, how has that affected your training, and has that made you be on the treadmill, or how do you how do you deal with the weather?
4: So I have had to do a couple treadmill days. The problem with the treadmill is a lot of my intervals I'm trying to run you know, 540 miles and my treadmill only runs six minute miles. (laughs) Oh,
0: my word. (laughs) Oh, we all have that same problem. We totally relate, (laughs) Cynthia.
4: (laughs) Oh, it's been so frustrating. Um, I feel like the training has been, it's been hard that way on the days that it's really icy. Uh You just have to do the best you can. And I just say, okay, this is better than nothing. Even though it's not what I, it's not ideal. This is as good as it going to get right now. So.
0: Oh my goodness. It sounds like you have some, some little friends with you there.
4: Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I got mixed up on the time. But. Oh no, it's totally fine. Totally fine. good.
0: Well, and your
1: sons were born since the 2008 trials. So how is training and racing different now that you're a mother?
4: It is a lot different. I feel like before I had kids, I could really put a lot of time and effort into running and I was able to put in a lot higher mileage every week. And since having kids, I just haven't had the time to do it. And so I'm running probably twenty miles less than I ran before a week. You know, twenty miles less a week.
0: So so but talk I to us about like- number sorry, talk to us about numbers. Does that mean like 120 down to 100? Okay, so or...
4: no. So I, I before, it, when I was training for the 2008 trials, I was putting in 85, one week I had 90 miles. But most of the time I hung around 85 miles. And since having kids, I feel like I, I can't get it quite up over 65. Mm-hmm. And I used to be able to run um, two times a day, and that just doesn't happen. I think I... I probably could, but I'm not willing to sacrifice the time away from my kids. So, how old are amazing. your children? Okay, so I have a six, four, and a two-year-old. But I think wow. even just running 65 miles a week, I've actually ran my fastest time at CIM. Wow! So even though I I'm not, I feel like I'm trying to do more quality runs instead of junk miles. So I don't know if that's helping, but
0: So and how, how I assume your recovery time has changed drastically having three kids. Talk to us a little bit about that, please.
4: So I used to be able to run hard six days a week, and now I really have to, if I do run six days a week, I really have to run slower on my recovery days. You know, I run maybe eight minute miles or 830 miles, and then I will take a day off here and there if I'm tired. I'll get on my bike for an hour, or sometimes I'll completely take the day off because my body just doesn't bounce back like it used to.
1: And it sounds like you're listening to your body more. Would that be correct?
4: Yeah. 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 I feel like before I, I would try to kind of run through injuries or be like, I'm fine. I can do this. I can do this. And since having kids, I think it's okay to relax and take a day off because your body needs it. Smart. hmm Mm
0: -hmm. So you mentioned that your most recent qualifying time is your PR and that must make you feel very proud and congratulations. Yes, thank Um,
4: you. I'm excited.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet. And, And so what do you attribute your improved time to? Oh,
4: I, I've been trying really hard to do, um, to strengthen my core because I think since having kids, you're a little bit weak in your core. So I try really hard to, um, strengthen my core and then just try to do I try to make my interval workouts really good like I try really hard to hit my paces and then like I said take rest days and I think that's that's just been enough I guess I'm not sure I don't know what that is (laughs) and diet I feel like I'm trying to eat better I'm trying to do more fruits and veggies Mm -hmm. Um, and I think diet plays a big part in performance too
1: sure so it sounds like for regular moms, you would give the advice to uh, listen to your body, um, strengthen your core, eat better, and can you think of some other advice you could give what we call regular marathon moms who are trying to balance family obligations with running?
4: I think the biggest thing with balancing it is making a schedule beforehand and knowing oh okay i'm I'm gonna kind of have a plan for the week. I'm going to get up at six and do my intervals and do my long runs. And I feel like if I plan it out ahead of time, then it happens. But if I haven't planned it with my husband, then sometimes a run doesn't happen. So I think a lot of it is just trying to plan and schedule.
0: Can I just say that makes me so happy to hear you say that, Cynthia, because we so often I mean, we just recorded a special podcast for um, this train like a mother club we have. And we touched on that very topic saying, sit down with your family, you know, at the beginning of the week and say, okay, these are the runs I'm going to take. This is what this is the help I'm going to need from you, all that sort of thing. So it's so wonderful to hear an elite athlete has is dealing with the same issues that we are. (laughs) Yeah, Nice. So, so what are your goals for the trials?
4: So, I would love to run under a two forty one, and I'm probably just gonna shoot for just barely under two forty. I'd like to run two forty something. That would be a PR for me, uh-huh. um, and I would love to run a PR. I think at thirty five, to do that would be awesome. Because you hear, you know, your prime is in your, you know, when you're 29 years old or something. And so it's just neat. It would be cool to be able to say, no, I did it at 35.
1: And at the Olympic trials,
4: no less. Yes. And at the trials. And it's, I feel like too, the the, the trials course is um, four loops. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like having my family support, you know, having them cheer me on is going to help me a lot. And so I'm hoping that that will kind of pushed me over the edge to get my PR
0: so will all three kids and your husband be there
4: yes and I also have my parents and two of my siblings and their families are coming out so
1: fantastic
4: oh
0: that's fantastic, fantastic. will they Excited. all be kind of clustered together or will you spread them out among in the loop or how's that gonna work
4: They'll probably all stay together. They were hoping to help my husband with my three little ones. (laughs) So they'll probably all stay together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Well, we are so excited for you, Cynthia. Go go get that PR and we will be cheering for you.
1: Good luck and have fun, Cynthia.
4: Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: So, Ellison, I don't know about you, but I am now just super pumped up for February 13th.
1: I cannot wait, and I really wish I could be in L.A. next Saturday, but I did have the privilege of uh, being in Boston to watch the 2008 trials uh, the day before my first Boston Marathon, and that was incredible. Um, The energy... Uh, I even get a little verklempt uh, remembering. It's <laughs> it my favorite just,
0: words. My father <laughs> says it often.
1: <laughs> that and gobsmacked. <laughs> 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 right. No, it was it was amazing to see some of those women run.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, and particularly with the as Cynthia was saying that it's a four loops, so it'll be another great spectating experience. It is,
1: it is, and you get to see the same women. Um, I did have an experience where a woman was really pulling up the rear with this great smile on her face. She was probably one of the last three. And uh, after the second time she went by, I noticed there was an older couple behind me cheering her on. Turned out they were her parents. She had uh, qualified and then found out she was pregnant. So she had had a baby four months before oh. the 2008 trials and was running just for pure joy.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so wonderful. Because that's the thing. So Dimity and I had the great pleasure of watching the 2012 trials in Houston when we were there um, for work. And I mean so exciting. And what you realize is that everyone there has their own story. And that I think before I kind of got immersed in all of this, I thought, well, if you go to the trials, it must mean you think you're gonna, you know, go to go to the Olympics, right. be in Rio de Janeiro this summer, whatever. And what you realize is that that the trials are a goal in and of themselves. That is the ultimate goal. That's to right. be there running in a race with the best of the best in your chosen event exactly and that how how thrilling that must be oh
1: i can't imagine and and you know i imagine i remember the thrill i got being a spectator and to think of actually being a participant that must mm-hmm. be exponentially, you know, mm-hmm. mind blowing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, and particularly then it's a loop. So I mean, yes. some of the top people could be, you know, Shailene Flanagan could be, you know, right. running past or you could be trying to keep up with her, like, um, you know, Shallon was talking about, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to outrun Joni down Boylston Street. I mean, that is something you just, will rem- that, you know, yeah, she'll remember that for the rest yeah, of your her, life. Her grandkids are going to talk about <laughs> that. Exactly. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grandma did this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so thrilling. So um, do we know if the, the, trials are televised i would imagine they would be but that's a good question yeah because um, the mean... men's are the same same time because i know that um I saw on twitter yesterday that a brother sister are both running wow. and I mean, th- th- so instead of thinking, it shows how old I am that instead of thinking like, Oh, that's so exciting for them. I think, Oh, their parents must that's, be so that's proud. That's what I was just thinking. And then I was thinking, how are th- the logistics? What are they, <laughs> 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 what are they doing?
1: But, right. Two yeah. different
0: signs, drop one for the sun. Here comes the <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I would hope that it would be a, if uh, not anything else on one of the sports networks. Oh
0: yeah, sure. So we'll have sure, to Google that. Hopefully online too. Yeah. 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 All right, let's head on over to the Train Like a Mother Club and hear from Dimity.
5: Hey, this is Dimity in Denver with the Train Like a Mother Club Corner. Today's comment comes from Allie, who is in the 10K Challenge. This is kind of a long story, so buckle your little lacing shoes on and listen in. Um, It's kind of like if you give a mouse a cookie story. Okay, Bammers, I need some sympathy and love. I'm not sure exactly what did it. Wearing heels to work, taking my first ballet class in a year and a half, running hard on a new and different treadmill or some hidden factor combination thereof, but I woke up on Friday with calves so sore I literally couldn't stand up straight. After limping my way through the day, I was looking forward to soaking in an Epsom salt bath once my husband got home with the salts, but of course the bathroom drain was plugged up, so my husband gallantly offers to snake it for me, then proceeds to get the snake stuck. After much wiggling, we finally removed the snake, but the bottom of the tub was, at this point, covered in gunk from the drain. It was was getting late by then, so I decided to clean the tub in the morning, and my husband most generously offered to rub my calves, since he felt guilty about me missing my bath. Fast forward to the next morning. I had planned to have a nice, relaxing soak while my four-year-old daughter was at gymnastics – my husband is the teacher – and I would have had the house to myself. But my daughter wet the bed, so I had to deal with that laundry first. In our old house, you're not going to get a bath while the washing machine is running. No matter, I thought, I will take, a, I will take my bath after I pick up my daughter. She's usually tired after class, and I figured she would happily sit with a snack and a movie for 30 minutes. But I forgot that preschoolers have minds of their own. My daughter decided that she wanted to help dump the salts in the tub. And then she decided she wanted to take a bath, too. Okay, I thought. Not very relaxing, but she's small and we can both fit in fine. Just as she's climbing in the tub, I remind her to go potty before the bath. And I was about a second too late. She peed in the tub. Now, my husband had gotten a small package of Epsom salt. We used it all in that one tub of water. Not that it would have mattered anyway, because the drain still wasn't working right and the tub didn't have time to drain before we had to leave for our afternoon obligations. So on one hand, I am, frustr- I am frustrated as all get out that I still haven't gotten that bath and my legs are still sore enough to bring me to tears. On the other hand, I feel totally badass that I haven't lost it yet and start yelling at my family. Thanks for letting me vent. If anyone can relate, it's Mother Runners. Allie, love that story. Hate that story because you didn't get a bath. But love it because I'm sure we can all have we all have our variation of I didn't get a bath story. And we hope you have your bath by now. Our song for this week uh, is also, um, like last week, has an Australian theme. Kathy, who wrote in, uh, and I read her comment last week, and I picked The Land Down Under by Men at Work and said it was probably a song that most Australians hate. Well, Kathy validated that. It is a song that most Australians hate. So she wrote in and said, We Australians would think you very clever if you played the song Sounds of Them. Sounds of Then, excuse me, Sounds of Then, This is Australia, by Ganja Gang. So here it is, Sounds of Then, This is Australia, by Ganja Gang.
1: All around the patio we sit, and the humidity we breathe. We watch the lightning crack over cane fields, and laugh and think,
0: this is Australia, right, I suspect we have some different listeners this time, thanks to Wazelle sharing this podcast. Woo, ooh, thanks, Wazelle. If you're new to the Another Mother Runner podcast, we'd love if you would subscribe to it, either via the podcast app on your iPhone, iTunes, or Acast, which is our podcast network. Acast, that's A-C-A-S-T, is an easy-to-use, free app, and you can uh, get all your podcasts on there, whether they are produced by Acast or not. So... Um, Also, we'd love if you would follow us on Facebook. Our page, Another Mother Runner, is very active, and it'll give you a gentle kick out the door when you need it, as well as lots of insight and advice into running, gear, and all things juggling being a mom and running. And finally, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at The Mother Runner. Many happy miles to you. you.